0: Well, we're back from Vegas, baby Vegas, after a very busy week at Virtuoso Travel Week. We'll touch on Virtuoso in another podcast,
1: but we wanted to get the important stuff out of the way, mainly food. And there is so much of it in Las Vegas. It's incredible how much it's changed in the last 20 and 30 years. There are still people who think, though, it's the land of the $99 or the 999 buffet. And the 99 cent shrimp cocktail? Not sure where you're going to find that because it's the whole new world of food in Las Vegas. Yeah, even the
0: uh Circa Circus has an expensive buffet. Everybody's buffet. There's nobody with a nine ninety-nine buffet anymore, I don't think.
1: I think the buffets that are out there are the ones that they have like at, what is it, the Caesars properties, the Bacchanal or something where it's all you can eat for 24 hours. And I'm sure that's probably a hundred bucks. Who knows? I haven't been brave enough to try that one.
0: I still need to get back to uh, the Rio and their huge international buffet. That's that used to be the best one. I don't think the new the new best one is the, the spoons. Is that
1: the best one? Or is it the M or the B? Something with a letter. We'll find out about that when we return in October for your friend's wedding.
0: But we did do some uh, great eating while we were there. Uh, what you went on the lip smack and foodie tour?
1: Wow, that was an absolute highlight. I had been familiarized with it when I was down there in May, but I had the opportunity to actually attend it this time. And how the Lip Smacking Foodie Tour works is you sign up. It's approximately three and a half hours. And typically it is five stops at celebrity chef restaurants. And some come with cocktails, some do not. But for ours, they customized it. So we actually went to four fabulous restaurants over the course of three and a half hours. So
0: tell me about the experience. I was uh, doing something else at the time, so I went. uh, We'll talk about that, but let's talk about the Lip Smack and Foodie Tour. Where did you go first?
1: Uh, We started by meeting up at the Aria, and from there, we walked over to Bardot, which is located at Aria, and it's a French uh, brasserie, and we started out with a wonderful cocktail called the French 75, and then we did three different appetizers, heavy appetizers. We had duck wings. We had escargot, which was out of this world, and then we also had a chicken sandwich that was dipped in an interesting sauce. Everything there is fantastic. And, of course, they had, you know, salted French butter and bread, and they kept warning us, don't eat the bread. You're going to fill up. And I love my carbs. Did you eat the bread? I did, and it was well worth the torture later on when I was filling up because, wow, that French salted butter and bread is out of this world. So after about a half an hour stop there, we continued on and we walked over to the Cosmopolitan where we went to Milos, located um, right there with about a dozen other shops. And it's probably one of the best Greek restaurants I've ever been to. When you walk into it, they, the nice thing the guy does is not only is he a food connoisseur, he's also knowledgeable at the area. So as we're walking there, he's pointing out highlights of the area different things about shopping centers developments in las vegas and the one thing he pointed to us was check out the tomatoes that are on the counter because they looked artificial it was really quite interesting to see it through a foodie's perspective and we had octopus we had um greek salad and we had hummus i believe and again they kept serving that bread one of the interesting things that I th- about Milos is they literally fly the fish in every single day from Greece. It's a Greek restaurant, and it was out of this world. Is there fish you can get in Greece you can't get here? I guess so, because <laughs> they have a huge countertop on ice, and you can pick out your lobsters. They even had a good-sized lobster that was about two and a half feet long, and he was still kind of crawling across the ice, which always kind of creeps me out, but it means it's fresh. So let's back up for a second. Uh, For the Brasserie, who would you recommend to go there? I think it just kind of takes all kinds. If you want a really traditional French restaurant, it's also a great place where you can kind of belly up to the bar, get a couple of appetizers. I mean, that chicken sandwich was a great nosh on the go. And you could continue on to another location. And they had a wide variety because I actually ate there the following night, coincidentally, and had a traditional plated dinner. But I liked more of the bar food, brasserie style food. And that really did suit me more because I wasn't, uh, really into going to French in the first place, but I was introduced to a side of French food that I hadn't experienced before. And what about Milos? Who should go to Milos? Oh, gosh, anybody who mm. loves seafood, go to Milos. If you want the freshest seafood out there, if you want a great Greek salad, I mean, I could not stop eating the tomatoes and feta cheese. The octopus was melt in your mouth. Usually octopus, and I do like it, tends to be a little on the rubbery, but they had this perfectly grilled. You did not even need a knife to cut it.
0: So what was after Milos?
1: After Milos, we walked across the way at Cosmopolitan and went to Scarpetta's. Scarpetta's is an Italian restaurant, and it's known primarily, first and foremost, for its homemade spaghetti. So we started out with a spaghetti course where they had it under a dome and exposed it it was quite good. We also had polenta, which I guess is a nod to the chef's, um, to his wife. That is the first thing he made for her. A very sweet polenta. They also had a couple of kinds of ravioli, including um, marrow and rib ravioli, which I couldn't, I didn't choose to try because I'm not a big meat eater, but the others in our group just said it was melt in your mouth. And what they call the best bread basket on the Las Vegas Strip. What is in the best bread? bread basket on the strip oh my gosh they had beautiful italian bread they had stuffed cheese bread they had olive bread they had about six or eight different kinds of bread in this basket but by then we were getting so full but you know i had to go in for my bread so what's the best thing in the best bread basket on the strip i would say the italian bread was hands down my winner as far as bread was on my (laughs) lip smacking foodie tour Okay, so who should go there? I think anybody that likes a great traditional Italian meal. One special place about Scarpettas is they do have a chef's table in the kitchen. It sits adjacent to the kitchen and a glassed-off area overlooking the Bellagio Fountains. And if you have a group of 8 to 10 people, you can actually reserve it and do a private dinner, and then you get to look in on the kitchen while you're dining. So what was next? From there, I was getting to the point where we were waddling back over to the shops over at the Aria, and we went to Kachina, which is Wolfgang Puck's restaurant. From there, we sat down, and they served us four different desserts, and wow, I was so full, but of course, you can't pass up an opportunity to have some world-class treats, including, I believe we had pistachio pudding. We had these fabulous Italian donuts dipped in caramel sauce, and a cup tiramisu, and one other sweet treat. By the time I got to the fourth one, I could not eat a single bite more.
0: Doesn't exactly sound like a balanced meal on the Lip Smacking Foodie Tour, but it sounds great.
1: Yeah, well, and the good news is is at least you're walking between locations, so you're burning off a little Mm. bit of calories. And these locations are at a distance from each other, so you do go back and forth a bit. Get those steps in. And one of the best things that you'll find about the Lip Smacking Foodie Tour is one, it's an excellent value. It's $199 for five restaurants over the course of the evening. And you're getting to go to world-class chef restaurants. And I'll tell you, on a busy Saturday night when there's a line out the door, you walk up with your group, you cut to the front of the line, your table is already set, You sit down, and you have your meal immediately, while other people are sitting there wondering, how did you get to cut the line and go to the front? It's a well-orchestrated tour. So I wasn't keeping track. Was Kachina the last spot of the night? Kachina was the last spot, but typically when there's a five-stop tour, I believe they also go to Sage, which I'm not as familiar with. But with our customized tour, we did four. So, which was plenty. That was plenty. They also offer um, a similar tour in downtown, kind of the old school restaurants of Las Vegas that we will have to check out on one visit.
0: Yeah, I would imagine they probably have a couple. Now, does he group the restaurants by palate? Is the if if someone books this, are they going to go to the same restaurants you did, or does he do? Did do they rotate all the time?
1: He has some fan favorites based on locations where you start from. He also has what is called the boozy brunch. So on Sundays, you do multiple stops, and I believe if it's either unlimited rosé or unlimited mimosas I can't recall they were talking about that and that starts at about 10 30 a.m. and it's about three hours on a Sunday so I don't know how well you'd be able to walk after that but the Italian uh, the restaurants in downtown are your old school if I recall steakhouses and Italian restaurants the real kind of off the beaten path you know kind of Bugsy Malone kind of restaurants that you think of when you think of Vegas in the 30s and 40s
0: So as far as the Lip Smacking Foodie Tour, how many people were on the
1: tour and do you know how large it gets? Uh, They're actually doing their largest tour next month with a very large group of over 100, which will be interested. Our group was eight, but they can be anywhere from, you know, two and up, depending on however many people sign up for the tour. So who do you think it's good for? Anybody who loves food.
0: Families, couples, bachelor parties, bachelorette parties.
1: I think you're – I don't know if I would necessarily do it with smaller children because – It is a gourmet palette, and I think kids would get kind of bored, and it's more of an adult environment because it is Las Vegas. I think it'd be fantastic for a bachelor or bachelorette party. I think it'd be fun for a wedding party or just a bunch of group of friends coming together. And even if you don't book in as a group, you can get placed with other people. See, it's a great place. If you're a couple, you'll end up with whoever many people sign up. It could be a group of six, a group of ten. I like the group of eight because it gave us a chance to kind of visit at the tables, but they set up the tables based on whatever size the group is and the owner of the company i believe it's been around for about two years he is fantastic so you recommend it do you go to does it, does it have a website do you have to book it how does that work i can book it for you or you can go on to lip tour.com and it's got one of the top rated uh ratings on TripAdvisor. which usually i kind of take those with a grain of salt but i actually agree with it this time around i would highly recommend it
0: so while you were on the lip smacking foodie tour I was on the media tour, and we went to go see Cher. But before we went to go see Cher, we went to uh, Jean-Georges, which is in the Aria, which is upstairs uh, in the Aria, There's several restaurants up in this one area, but we went to Jean-Georges, and there were several heavy appetizers. They had a mountain of oysters on, on crushed ice. They had several carving stations with prime rib and they had seafood they had some shrimp and some other things but I gravitated toward whenever we go out to eat for barbecue particularly in Texas I always enjoyed the brisket and I am a big fan of brisket and I have tried brisket everywhere so when I walked into Jean Georges and I saw the sign on the carving station that said Wagyu beef brisket (laughs) I was like a laser I lasered in on the Wagyu brisket, and it is uh, amazing. Uh, you know, standing there at the, the tables, uh, you know, all the other media weasels and me were there, and everybody was, Ooh, what do you have there? And everybody would, like, like, pretty much literally, like, scraped everything else off their plate and went and got the Wagyu beef, and the Wagyu brisket kind of took over the table, because it is just that. Good. Uh, they, I think, when I went up there, they were out of knives, and I didn't even need the knife. It was like butter, and it was amazing. So, if you go to Jean Georges or you are a brisket fan, the Wagyu beef brisket, I cannot, I cannot talk about it enough. It was, it was fantastic.
1: I think that's the text I got from you. Actually, Jean Georges and Bardot were next door to each other at Aria, so we didn't even realize we were next door. But I think that's what the text said was. Brisket, no knife needed, so I knew you were in your happy place. Yeah, very
0: much so. So if you need a review on anything else, I hear the other stuff is good, but uh, everybody around me agrees that the thing to have is the Wagyu beef brisket. So, Then afterwards, we went to go see Cher, and she was amazing. Uh, You know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of Hollywood magic involved. I mean, the, the woman is 71 years old. So in order to even—the fact that she can even remotely still look like Cher in her prime is is incredible, and I tip my hat to her. Uh, she came out, you know, and she basically did all of her songs in chronological order, and, you know, so she came out, did a few opening numbers, and then went back and, and changed clothes, came out in 60s outfits— like 60s, Sonny and Cher, and she sang a few songs, including um, The Beat Goes On, which surprised me. I'd kind of forgotten about that song. I forgot about that yeah, song. Yeah, I played that in my old radio days when I worked at the oldies radio station. But uh, then uh, then she uh, they brought down a screen, and they put Sonny up on the screen, and she did a duet. I Got You, Babe, and that was, of course, touching. She also tells a long story about being broke and being on David Letterman, uh, it's it's a good story. It's fun. Um, so she goes through everything. She even did gypsies, tramps, and thieves. She came out in the Native American outfit, matching sort of what's on the cover of that album, which I was thrilled with. Uh, my my older my sister bought got that album. I think one Christmas. So I remember, I remember that. Um, and of course. You know, it all builds up to if I can turn back time and believe, of course, which brings down the house. And I'm so glad as I posted on Facebook and you sent me a message because I wouldn't have thought of this otherwise. Carrie sent me a message. And what did you say? How many costume changes? Because I love all things fashion. I'm so glad you did that. I took enough pictures that I could have counted. But um, I counted in time there and there were 10 That's crazy. So she was on stage, I think, a little under an hour and a half. So basically, like,
1: virtually like every 10 minutes, there was a costume change. I would love to be able to tour that costume doc in the past, but I'm glad at least you got to go to the concert, because I always feel like, you know, a lot of these singers and performers are getting older and older, and we need to see them while we still can. And
0: that's kind of the way I felt. I mean, Cher's been around my entire life, and... I guess I'd never really appreciated her. I mean, they show clips from her movies and you know, she's up there holding her own with Jack Nicholson and Nicolas Cage on screen and that's that's impressive. I mean, she won an Oscar and you know, they play all these clips and you just realize just you know, how successful, how ridiculously successful she's been in her career and certainly I think she's acknowledged as a legend in in
1: most circles but Maybe she doesn't even get the full credit she deserves. I don't think so, and I mean, I think of her being in Mask, and I think of yeah. her even in being in Will and Grace. She was in episodes of that, and she's always got a great spirit about her. But she's never seems to be in the forefront of performers for me. Even though I love her music and I can sing along with everything.
0: That's exactly how I felt. And the other thing is, is you know they've got the you know the projection screens, and usually most concerts they leave the performer up there on screen so you can watch them if you don't have the best seats and this this theater the the park theater had pretty good seats everywhere that i could tell but they didn't have share up there the entire time on the large screens and I'm wondering if maybe she was lip syncing, which again, that's not a criticism because I think Britney does it. I mean, it's not, especially in a Vegas residency, that's not an unusual thing, but I was just wondering. And, and like I said, the woman is freaking 71 years old. I, I don't, I don't blame her if she has to lip sync some of it or just wants to not, you know, be, be quite as on the entire show. I, I don't blame her at all. And the beginning of the show, she talks about, being seventy-one, and she says, "Don't applaud. It's not something I did. It's just something that happened." And then she ends it, you know, in typical, you know, snarky share fashion, saying, "You know, what's your grandmother doing tonight?" That's awesome. I yeah. love that line. You had, to, I mean, you just had to love it. And I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say that it was the greatest concert I ever saw, but I enjoyed it as much as any concert I've ever been to. And I'm really glad that I did go see a legend like her. That I pushed
1: you to go. I didn't want to go. I almost (laughs) went on the foodie tour. I know, but I pushed him. I thought, you've got to go. You know, she's getting up there. Don't know if there'll be another opportunity to go. So I kind of pushed him out the door on that one. And by the way, it was very
0: funny. We, when we went to Jean-Georges, as we're walking out, when you go to Virtuoso, as you know, there's gift bags galore. So many gifts. So they gave us a Jean-Georges gift bag, which had a cutting board and a vial filled with spices, some kind of dry rub, I'm guessing. So we're sitting there at the share concert with these bags, with these cheese um, boards on them. So my friend, Iantha, who's, a, who's a, a freelance journalist from England, who is just... She she turned out to be my buddy. And she was
1: your virtuoso pal. She was
0: my virtuoso pal, or she said we're lads. Lads. Oh, we're lads. Better. And that's like, I guess that's like a soccer term. Um a, a British football term where it's like if you're getting a little rowdy with your mates, you're lads. I like that. I'll yeah. have to
1: pick up that phrase. I did
0: too. So I was sure, yeah, we're lads. So <laughs> shout out to Ayantha, who I adore. I think she's just fabulous um so yeah we're lads so we we took pictures with our uh with with our our cheese boards which was funny because so many concerts like they don't let in bags and they go through screening
1: and here we are with these big boards but cutting boards in a vial of spices there we go so where else did you get to eat on sunday i went out to lunch with my team and we went to mama fuku which is, I believe, originated in New York with multiple restaurants. And it's basically um, an Asian noodle house. And it was great. Um, I had chicken ramen for lunch. And what I think actually was the highlight is we started with some sort of starter that was a chicken. I mean, I guess for (laughs) lack of a better term, it was a fancy chicken finger. But whatever spices were on that, I could have eaten a whole plate of those. And another thing that Mama Fuku is known for is they have a dessert bar called Milk Bar out front. And the line for that went out the door. And unfortunately, we didn't have time for it. But Mama Fuku is a great place to get a nice, less than expensive. I mean, I wouldn't ever say anything's inexpensive in Las Vegas. But a great place for kind of a lunch or dinner on the go. Highly recommend it.
0: So I went somewhere very unusual and very off the strip. And... So let me explain, so I grew up watching, and I wasn't old enough to see it in in real time, but I grew up watching the Adam West Batman TV show, and it was in reruns. You know, you'd come home from school, and it would be on TV, and um, so the way it would work is, you know, you'd just see the reruns, and that was my Batman for a long time until Michael Keaton came out, and Michael Keaton was awesome as Batman, but there's just something about that Adam West Batman that was just, he always stood for right and justice, and it really resonated me with me as a kid who was like five or six, and so, I don't know, I just have always had a fondness for it. There are other Batmans, and they're great, and I love Batman, but, so anyway... On a Batman Facebook page, somebody posted a picture where he was standing in what appeared to be a casino in front of one of the 1966 Batmobiles. Your dream. I don't (laughs) know if it's a dream, but... Your dream. So anyway, it's not a dream. Anyway, so what happened was I asked the guy where it was, and he told me it was at this place called the Gold Strike about 20 minutes outside of Las Vegas. So while Carrie was busy working, I decided that I needed to go to this place. I needed to go, I needed to be there, and I needed to go and see this Batmobile while I had 20 minutes to kill. So I decided to do that. So I went out there, and the gold strike is... (laughs) Amazing. It is ridiculous how great it is. It's this old casino. It is so 70s. It's got the bronze mirrors. It's got the brass. It's it's actually, you know, if you cleaned it up a little bit,
1: it could be pretty decent. I showed you the pictures. But it's it- definitely vintage, that's for sure. You don't find... Brass chandeliers, those big clear light bulbs anymore, that's for sure. Everything else is now LED. So you walk in, and just
0: past the, the slots and all the machines, they have a sign that says movie cars. So they've got a Back to the Future car, of course, the DeLorean. They have got uh, several cars from the Fast and the Furious, and I'm not a big Fast and Furious guy, so I don't know. Now clearly, let me make this clear, I believe these cars, and no one there could answer any questions, God bless them, but no one could. (laughs) I believe these cars are all reproductions I don't think they were actually in the movies And this Batman car, I don't believe There are only four of the original ones still left And I'm pretty sure it's not in an empty casino Outside of Las Vegas So this is a reproduction But hey, it's absolutely free It's behind a velvet rope And you can take pictures So, what does this have to do with food? Well, I went there to see the Batmobile And... I was so enchanted by this casino, because it's like one of the downtown, old casinos that are now all gone. So this casino... and I'm not one of these people who who necessarily pines for the past. It's just that I like different, and now all of the casinos seem to be very much the same. Every casino seems to be designed by the same person, and they have the same elements. So this casino is now different, and it harkens back to a different time, and I just was fascinated by this casino. So I've got a friend of mine who lives down in Vegas, and he likes this kind of stuff. So I decided, I told him when we came down, we were going to go out to a steak dinner, and I figured we were going to go to Oscars or something like that, the uh, former mayor Oscar Goodman's place. But... When I saw that this place had a steakhouse, it was like exactly what I had in my mind. Your planets aligned. It was this old school, tiny steakhouse. And the prices were incredible. I mean, I don't think it's like, you know, the top of the line meat, but it was still very, very good. And the prices were ridiculously inexpensive.
1: What'd you end up having that night? So I had
0: the 18 ounce New York Strip. My friend Brian had the filet, and they come with sides. He got rice pilaf and soup. I got the salad and a baked potato. Plus, we had like a bottle of wine, and then we also had some cheesecake, and he had an espresso, I think, or a cow. I think he had an espresso. So all of that, which was fantastic. They cooked the meat Perfectly. His filet was literally the best filet that I've had in a long time. Not that long ago, we went to John Howie for our friend's birthday party, and I had the filet there. This filet in Las Vegas, out at the Gold Strike, was better than John Howie in Bellevue.
1: And I'm sure that your whole meal in Las Vegas cost less than that filet solo in Bellevue, Washington.
0: Right. So we all together... It cost $70. Are
1: you sure that's the right number? Because nothing's $70 in Las Vegas anymore.
0: I could, I mean, and I was happy. I ate there initially, ironically. Yeah. (laughs) And I figured at these prices, we could not go wrong. And it was seriously really good. Um, You know, so if, I was thrilled. I gave them a nice big tip. They were, they did great service. They were on the whole time. So if, if you want to go out and see the Batmobile, it's about 20 minutes because you're doing 80 miles an hour. It's, you know, between here and L.A., you just go south on 15 and you'll hit it. Um, but we had a fantastic meal. It was a great atmosphere. There weren't many people in there because the Gold Strike is not very busy, but it was fantastic. I honestly, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was gourmet, but at that price point, at that place... It was one of the better meals that I've had in Las Vegas, and again,
1: at that price point, it had no business being that good. And that's what I think one burger costs at Bobby Flay's high-end restaurant. I think he's got a gourmet burger that sits just at about 80 bucks, if I recall. So, good on you. Yeah, plus the sides. You know, I didn't get any sides, but, the,
0: you know, like the mushrooms were $6. Every, all of the sides and stuff.
1: So inexpensive. You know,
0: it wasn't bad at all They the other stuff. Seriously, maybe next time we go, we should go. Okay, count me in. Just to try it out. But anyway, the steakhouse at the Gold Strike. Oh, and one thing they had the logo on the plates and you just don't see that anymore
1: no they don't did you get to buy one i should have just bought one but i didn't even think about oh,
0: it. oh man <laughs> so i would walk around the gold strike just because it's so interesting uh they had a band playing music from the 70s like america and stuff it could it was just for a for a retro experience at that price point loved it if you're a hipster or something i would if i was in charge of the gold strike i would be like marketing it to
1: hipsters and all kinds of people i think there's some potential there especially because there's such a callback to people liking everything vintage now yes that that would be your perfect location for your vintage dining experience
0: so gold strike the steakhouse at the gold strike i'm a big fan and i'm gonna go back
1: one extreme to another, Jean-Georges to the gold strike, yeah. all in 48 hours.
0: Well, I'm not going to put them in the same category. <laughs> let's let us keep this in perspective. Let's, let's manage expectations. But I'm just saying that if you want a decent steak dinner at a ridiculously affordable price, loved it.
1: That's great. And speaking in a vintage, I finally got to go to your favorite place, the Pinball Hall of Fame.
0: So the Pinball Hall of Fame I found online years ago, and it's about a mile and a half away from the airport, and usually when I'm leaving town, I'll stop there for an hour or so. Uh, this time I got to go twice. So I'll let you describe the Pinball Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, you've been talking about this place for years. I've never had time because I'm always too busy. So I had about an hour and a half of free time before Virtuoso got kicked off the Friday before. And so you said, okay, I'm going to finally take you to this place. It's some old department store, I'm sure, and some kind of odd strip mall. And I thought, what the heck? So we went over. It's really nondescript out front, blackened windows. And you go in and it was Pinball machines as far as the eye could see, and I was in heaven because I love pinball.
0: It looks like an old, maybe like an old Lamonts. I don't know what it was. Who knows? But it's this cinder block building, this square cinder block building, and there's nothing in it but just rows and rows of pinball and probably maybe two dozen arcade machines from the classic arcade era. But the focus is pinball, and it's got. You know, the analog pinball from the 50s and 60s, it's got the digital displays from the late 70s up into the 80s and 90s, and it's got the, the latest machines. It's got the new Batman 66 machine, which came out later, earlier this year
1: what's really neat is there's no charge to get in you just pay to play and a lot of the games are 25 cents 50 cents it wasn't expense it wasn't an expensive experience so we got what ten dollars and quarters and we played for a good hour hour and a half plus plus they also have one of those love meters and i love those machines how did you do did you get wild is that what you got i think so i think i was a step above you <laughs>
0: Lucky me. But I enjoy it. Like Carrie said, they don't charge admission and whatever the pinball machine costs. So if it was a machine that cost a quarter, it probably costs a quarter. If it was a machine that costs 50 cents, then it costs 50 cents. You know, the modern machines, but they don't gouge you with anything. And it's a nonprofit. um, And I know that obviously, you know, arcades don't really exist. There aren't much use for many pinball machines. It's all collectors now. But that said... Um, you know, a lot of these machines are antiques and you can't find parts and things. So like sometimes, like a few times with the machines, like they ate my quarters and I was just like, you know, I'm not even going to complain. I'm just going to say that's a donation to the nonprofit and not even worry about it.
1: Yeah, and you can see in the back the ones that they're repairing and there are so many parts back there. And one guy probably working on all of them, but some of those really old machines are fascinating to look at the boards and that's kind of how i choose a machine is i like to see the play field and how it works and we played quite a wide variety i think everything from one of them i think there's only four in production ever that we got to play and of course i like the contemporary ones too but we played probably about eight to ten different machines in the hour plus that we were there yeah chances
0: are unless you are an incredible pinball aficionado Whatever game you grew
1: up with is there. And I always tell people about it, and everybody always loves it. Yeah, we've always uh, told people it's something to do, and everyone has always come back and thanked Jim for the recommendation. They're like, what a fun thing to do, and you would never think to go there. I mean, it's right on Flamingo on the way to the airport, but it's just literally one sign on the side of the road in what looks like just a spot gummy strip mall yeah it's
0: on Tropicana so so if you're going down the strip toward the MGM and the Tropicana right there with the New York New York you take a left past the MGM and the hard rock and everything it's about a mile and a half down the road on the left hand side past UNLV
1: yeah, it's just kind of one of those places that's hidden, you would not expect to be there. It's not one of those flashy places on the strip because if it was, you'd probably pay a fortune to get in and probably 5 bucks a game.
0: And I guess sometimes people come in and try to rob the the change machines and stuff, sad. I, which is sad. I guess that happens. So, you know, go in there, pay and uh you know, can keep this thing going because I think pinball is a lot of fun and I think these people have their hearts in the right place.
1: Yeah, they were really nice, the people working there were so nice and everybody there, I mean, we saw all ages there and everybody was having a great time.
0: Big fan. So be sure to go to the Pinball Hall of Fame again. You know, there's so many things in Vegas that are very expensive, in my opinion, and this is just so refreshing that they don't charge an admission and they don't try to gouge you anything. It's just fun to play pinball for a couple hours. Yep, I would do it, and I
1: definitely look forward to going back to it again, and we return in October.
0: So I had a brief stint. We did a little cocktail party at Ariol, which is the, uh, the Wine Angels in the Mandalay Bay, the famous Wine Angels. Uh, we had a little wine and uh, had some heavy appetizers, which were, were very good. Uh, they had like a scallop potato, which, which was good, which I thought of you.
1: You Yum. would have loved it. I love all things potato. My mm-hmm. friend
0: Iyanta, who is a vegetarian, she loved the scallop potatoes. <laughs> she was a big fan, and uh, they had some meat carvings and stuff. But it's very good.
1: But mainly, I think a lot of
0: people go for the wine, which is fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's one of those places that it's all about the experience. And we had been there years ago, where you get your wine menu, your digital wine menu, and you choose your wine, and depending on where it is. Up in the cellar, and I say up instead of down, they literally fly your angels up to get your bottle of wine.
0: Yeah, it's these, uh, I believe, usually women. I don't know if I've ever seen a man do it, but it's possible. Who knows? It's 2017. But um, they're on these cables, and they just go flying up, and they grab your bottle and bring it back down to you.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we've done quite the experience. And then one of the other places that I heard about on my foodie tour, but didn't have time to experience, but I sent Jim to do was Secret Pizza in the Cosmopolitan. That's right. The Secret Pizza. So there's no sign and it has no name. And it's literally at the Cosmopolitan. There's a corridor, which, as I walk by, assumed it was going down to the ladies' room. But nope, you peek around the corner, and there's a pinball machine there.
0: So you walk. You take the escalator up to the third floor, where all the food is at the food court. And as you're standing there at the top of the escalator, you look to your left, and there's just this hallway. And down the hallway, the only thing down at the end of the hallway is the secret pizza, they call it. And it looks like it's styled like a New York City-style pizzeria, and the, the pizza is foldable like New York City slices, which is what I like. Uh, And it's very good. Uh, The lines can be long. When I went, it wasn't particularly busy. Uh, And then I tweeted out to the Cosmopolitan about the pizza, that I was at Secret Pizza. And? There's a secret pizza at Secret Pizza.
1: Which was what?
0: I don't know, because I tweeted after I went.
1: Oh, man, I didn't know this happened. All I got from you was a text with a picture of two slices of pizza while I was at work. Boy, was I
0: jealous. It was It's very good. So they have cheese, and they have a whole bunch of different toppings. You can get slices, of course, or you can get whole pizzas, and they have pre-made pizzas, so you can get slices. Again, it's a very New York-style experience, but smaller and cleaner. They have two pinball machines, but the area is not very big, so I don't know if the pinball ever gets played. It's seems a little inconvenient but it adds it adds to the atmosphere they also have a ms pac-man galaga i think too but there i i didn't have it i don't know
1: what's on it but you can order what is called a secret pizza at the secret pizza well, we'll have to check that out next time. The thing is, is that I learned on this trip, and I go to Vegas every year for work, and I never have a lot of time, is I cannot get over how many great restaurants are at the Cosmopolitan. It just seems like there's like a dozen great ones. The one I didn't get a chance to try, which is from New York, but is now in Las Vegas, is called Beauty in Essex. So this restaurant is worth taking a peek at. You walk up to it, and you think you're going into a pawn shop. And it looks like this shady pawn shop, but really, it's a restaurant. Restaurant hidden in the back. So go ahead and research that one sometime. But next time, I want to eat at Beauty in Essex. Have we covered all of our food? I think we have. We Mm -hmm. ate our way through Vegas this time. We did very well. So uh, next time when we come back,
0: we'll talk about the virtuoso travel week and talk about some of the travel. We'll talk about going on the luxury private jet, Crystal Sky. The Crystal Sky. We'll talk about the uh, the new. an NCL cruise ship, the Bliss, and also be sure to listen because coming up here very soon I uploaded some things from uh, Travel Week, but I've got a lot more. I did interviews with the Burj Al Arab, and we did interviews with the uh, Velas in Mexico, the Velas Resorts.
1: And Zero Gravity, which was fascinating. Zero Gravity, I believe
0: I have uploaded that. I'll try to get it on YouTube as well, but there's a ton of stuff to talk about. St. Barts and Cuba. There's there's a ton of interviews that we have so we'll
1: have plenty more to do yeah we look forward to sharing our experience we spent a week in vegas and every minute was worth it
0: so until next time we will tell you about virtuoso travel week and hopefully in all of our stories and travels you will find the best trip ever